0: They say that experience is the best teacher and the best way to learn from experience is to learn
1: from others who have already found success for this season of the guy who knows a guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money and we'll meet some people who've been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. Today, our guest is Scott Schwartz of Never Too Much Money. Very excited to have him on here. He's got a great story about overcoming adversity and some other good stuff. So, Scott, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. Always great to visit with you. Yeah, great to have you here. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. What makes you awesome? What makes me
0: awesome? Well, uh, what I do is I reverse engineer the way that banks, the wealthy and Fortune 500 companies use their money so that my clients can go from broke to banker.
1: Ah, That sounds pretty cool. And le- later on, we'll get into exactly how you do that. Um, but first, let's start with how you got there. So let's go back to the beginning of, of your story and, and how you got up and running. So, so did you did you inherit a large amount of money, or get a small million dollar loan from your family, or anything like that? No, not at all.
0: Not not even close, Michael. Um, it it actually began out of out of tremendous adversity and tragedy, much of which was my own doing, sad to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll, I'll start. I, I lost a good job, a really good corporate job at a major insurance company. Um, they had gotten bought out, relocated and I was not a part of the future plans, even though I had a a very important, you know, managerial position before that. This was 2007, right as the economy was starting to get really bad and the job market had dried up. So to to have some income, I uh, started helping out where my then wife worked in an animal hospital. Back in the kennel, I was walking dogs and cleaning out poopy dog cages. A friend of mine heard about this, took pity on me, and hired me on in his floor care business. So I was sweeping and waxing floors by night and cleaning up dog poop by day. Quite a hard fall from where I had Mm -hmm. been. Underlying all of this, Michael, was I felt really trapped in a really bad marriage. And as long as there was food on the table and financially things were going okay, I was getting along okay. But then when the finances became a problem, one inflamed the other and uh, things got really bad, both personally as well as financially, to the point where, sad to say, I started self-medicating and became an alcoholic. I... Got back into the insurance financial industry, another good corporate level job, and then one day had the bright idea to sneak a bottle of vodka in with me as I returned from lunch, was discovered, and was terminated. And that led to my rock bottom moment that you hear addicts have that finally wakes them up and sparks a change. Um, I had... Uh, A few days after that, I wrote out my suicide note. I had very specific plans at a very specific time. This is what I'm going to do. I had my my keys in one hand, my life insurance policy, and my three boxes of sleeping pill in the other. And I was about to go into the car inside my garage, turn it on, and that was going to be it. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, Mm Um, fortunately, several things happened that day, including right at that particular time that made it clear to me that God was reaching out to me and saying, don't do that. Um, getting back on my feet, uh, financially, emotionally, the, that day that was going to be my suicide day is actually my sobriety date. Haven't had a drop since. Oh, wow. And so getting back on my feet in all these different areas, um, I got into the sales side of the insurance and financial industry and with varying success, some good days, some some bad. But then about a year ago, I came across this process, not something that I developed, but something that I learned and then added my own stuff into it. A process of helping people to eliminate their debt quickly in less than a third of their current pace while investing those same dollars at the same time in in, an, in a savings account, a retirement account, um, without paying any more than they are already. Hmm. And so that was a huge eye-opener for me that really sparked my business and related to my passion. Because my passion was helping those people that felt stuck in that same hole that I had been. Whether it was due to marriage, whether it was due to finances, I can reach out to that same group of people, help them see why there's so much, uh, so so much so much problems with debt, why the system contributes to that, how it affects them, and how I can help them see the progression I've made and follow that same path.
1: Wow, that's that a fantastic story, as that and that's. That's why we have you on the show because it's those, <laughs> those, those kinds of stories what, what's fascinating i find in you know I, I'm, I'm meeting with dozens and dozens of of successful people which is an amazing experience for me that hopefully my audience is is sharing with um it is amazing how often there is some mention of of considering suicide or planning it uh and getting that close to it and then turning it back around uh and i i yeah. think i think for a lot of people yeah, you because know, at that point you 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 leave behind all of your preconceived notions, all of your biases. Because you know, once you're like, well, I, I might just throw it all in, yeah. Okay, well maybe I can throw away this one belief, uh, or what's the worst that can happen? Because that you've now experienced the worst that can happen. You, yeah. You've been all the way down there. It,
0: exactly. And in that moment, Michael, I thought that I was worth more dead than alive to my mm-hmm. father, my then 14 year old daughter. I had a life insurance policy. And rather than dragging her down, I mm-hmm. I thought that that was the best thing I could do as a dad. Yeah. And fortunately, I didn't do that. Fortunately, she agrees that I.
1: <laughs> she's glad I didn't do that. Yep. Um. And and so here I am. Yeah. No. And that, that that's a huge thing. I think that that's a common common fact. I think a lot of people too they're they're worried when they when they're approaching that kind of low point. They're like, well, if I hit that low point, I'll ever come back from it. And they don't realize that. That low point is what starts the journey. It is.
0: It is. And, and I did have those thoughts, you know, how, how am I going to get myself back on my feet? I considered myself pretty unemployable at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only entrepreneurial type thing I had tried before that didn't work. But, uh, but it was a new beginning for me in every way, uh, starting with emotionally, the, the emotional healing that came from it. Um, and then the professional financial healing
1: came after. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just a, an, an amazing story. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you know what this, this system is. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so how is it? Cause, cause you know, when, when you first describe it, it sounds like one of those too good to be true kind of things. You're mm-hmm. like, wait, so it you're does. investing money and spending money. You can't invest and spend the same money at the same time. Um, but as we spoke before, there's a vehicle that actually makes it work. It's not, it's not a Ponzi scheme or something um, so so right. how does how does it work on the behind the scenes what it is and, and my background my corporate background was
0: in the insurance and financial industry um, so I, I knew the business from the inside um, what it is Michael it, and this gets back to reverse engineering how banks make money mm-hmm um, you know, a bank does not say th- they don't do the same things they tell us to do. Mm-hmm. They don't invest in CDs or put their money <laughs> in a savings account at a rival bank across the street. Right. They do things very differently from what they tell us to do. Um, the, the product that I specialize in that I work with, um, it's, It's designed to where you're investing your money into this certificate. It's going to earn guaranteed tax-favored compound interest. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can earn compound interest, but what makes this different is it's uninterrupted compound interest because what you're going to do is my software will identify all the different debts that you have, prioritize them, and then, when it's time to pay off that first debt, maybe two, three, or four months after uh, opening this account, what you're going to do is withdraw the money out of that certificate to pay off the debt. Now the debt's gone. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the money in that account continues growing at that same rate, uninterrupted, compound interest, as if you didn't take anything out. All right. So so there's the basic premise. Now, let me circle back and go into it a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. Because what you're doing, this this vehicle, this certificate, what it actually is, it is an overfunded, high cash value, whole life insurance policy. Now, this uh-huh. is not like Whole life insurance policy that your grandparents, your parents uh, may have had, where you pay a little money in and you get your beneficiary gets money after you die. There's more to it than that because of the combination of riders that are attached to it that make it perform very differently. The goal here is we want to skate right below that line that of the Internal Revenue Code number 7702. And what that is, is it's where life insurance ends and an investment begins. We wanna stay under that line so that this continues to be considered insurance. The key reason for that is now when you take the money out, it's taken out as a loan, not a distribution. Therefore, it is tax free. Hmm. Big key here because, of course, yep. everyone loves the sound of tax-free. Right. So now you, you've you got this way to access that money tax-free. It doesn't drop even though you've taken money out. The way that works is you're taking out a loan from the insurance company that uses that cash value as collateral. So therefore, you you're not needing to come up with your own collateral with anything valuable that you're that is at risk. Mm-hmm. The the loan process here is one question. The loan application has one question on it: How much do you want? That's it, <laughs> because they know you're good for it. You've got the the cash value as collateral with them. Yep. Yep. So now so they're not taking out your money it's their money the insurance company's money with your money as the collateral so the money wasn't really taken out of there it continues growing uninterrupted compound interest even though you're using it as your vehicle to one by one pay off your debt eliminate it Uh, the
1: and so 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 with these loans that you're taking out, they, is there interest on those that you owe to the insurance company? There, there is, yes. Um,
0: so there's no, you know, magic, uh, hocus mm-hmm. pocus, nothing shady about it. Yes, of course, the insurance company is loaning you their money. Uh, there is an interest rate with it, but the key is that it's not amortized; it's simple interest. Okay. If you look and This relates to why there is such a big problem with debt here in the the U.S. Um, And worldwide, of course. Mm -hmm. What you think your lender is giving you is not what they're giving you. And Mm -hmm. an example that I have uh, in video and in my uh, YouTube channel and that is you get a home mortgage, let's say $300,000, 5% interest. That 5% interest... Over the course of that loan, actually, is ninety-three percent interest. Okay, the lenders lied to you, and the government regulators allowed that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's what it is when you amortize a loan. That little number, that five percent, is buried in a complex equation. It's front-loaded. It's sky-high. If you look at you can look at your Truth and Lending Statement. And in that same example, for the first 16 years of that 30 year mortgage, you're paying more than 50% interest each month. More more than half of your mortgage payment is interest for the first 16 years of a 30 year loan. It takes 29 years of a 30 year loan for that interest to actually get down to 5% in that example. So for the first 29 years out of 30, you're paying more than what they told you was a fixed percentage rate. It's Mm -hmm. just horrifying what the lending industry and what the government uh, thereby allows very heavily regulated industry. Nothing happens without government. Okay. Um, And that's how they
1: treat us as consumers. And, and, and that's the power of compound interest on their on their side. Basically. On their side. Yeah. Yeah. Out of our pocket into theirs. Right. So
0: then how can we reverse engineer that and hack it to where we're treating our money the same way? Well, what the banks do, Michael, let's say you go in for that loan, that that same mm-hmm. mortgage loan, $300,000. Here you go, Michael, $300,000, pay us 5% interest. Every month after that, you're paying money to the bank. Right. Now, let's say I'm the next guy that walks in. I want a auto loan. I want 35000 Okay, mm-hmm. Scott, here you go. Uh, 6% interest for you. They just gave me your money. Okay, you're making those monthly payments to them. What do they do mm-hmm. with it? They turn around, loan it out to me. Now the next guy that walks in, he wants a million dollars for a business loan. Okay, you get Ten percent. Here's your million dollars. Where'd that money come from? Came from you, from me, from all the other customers in that bank. Yeah. That's where his million dollars just came from. So they are spending their money multiple times. Mm,
1: okay. All right.
0: And and the ironic thing about that, Michael, is is where When you and I make those monthly payments to the bank, where's that money come from? Our checking account. The bank already had it. (laughs) They already had it. They were just waiting for us to say, move it from this pocket into this pocket. Right. So they were already making money on it. Now they're making, they've got that money plus interest. Plus they turn around and loan it out to somebody else, make their interest on top of it. And over and over again. Mm.
1: So this
0: concept, this ability to spend money multiple times is nothing new. The only thing is most people don't know how to do that because the banks don't tell us. It's how they make money. But they tell us, here, take your money and give it to us. Put it in a CD. Put it in a savings account. Put it in your checking account. They already have it, but now they're segmenting, making that money in multiple different ways, multiple times. If you fail, here, here's an irony. If you fail to move that money from your checking account into paying that mortgage, you mm-hmm. get a late fee, right? Yep. Even though they already had the money. Now, yes, we don't want them unauthorized to say, oh, okay, uh, Michael, we're going to move your money from here to there, Mm -hmm. but they already had it. They knew we were good for it. Maybe we just got distracted and we were a day late paying it. Still, okay, you get hit with a late payment. There's another stream of income, And, and just one on top of the other, they find multiple ways to generate income, multiple streams of income from who? From us, the people that have so much less than they do to
1: begin with. Right, right, yeah. And now, so I can understand to some degree, of course, the banks can do this because they have structures in place and bookkeepers mm-hmm. and a whole team to keep track of it. And if we try to do some of this, some of this stuff, if you're not perfect, and you know, you got a whole bunch of cards that are, are built up together as we discovered in 2008 um, yeah. as you discovered in 2008 uh, yes. <laughs> being um, but, but, you know, but at the same time with the, with the life insurance sounds like that that's very rigorously controlled so you can't screw it up because um, you're just putting the money in the in the, the policy vehicle um, and you can take it out or not take it out but that's those are the only options it's not like, one thing I found with the idea of the, the whole like buy term and invest the rest idea. Um, which mathematically makes sense, except it's usually buy term and spend the rest because the insurance company won't invest for you. So you buy term and now you've got this money and you're like, oh, well, I got a bill to pay. Let me just take care of that. And then somehow you never invest it. Yeah. Well,
0: and plus there's more to it than that, Michael, in addition to the deceptive practices of the uh, lenders and the government, that's another key to why there's so much debt, the get Mm -hmm. out of debt industry. Okay. the The goal there is someone is trying to help you work your way up to zero. Yep. Okay. That that's what by term invest the difference starts with is let's yep. work your way up to zero. What I what I'm going to ask you to do here, Michael, is picture the beginning of a marathon race. Okay. okay. Yep. Boston right, marathon 2019 had almost 27,000 runners on one Obviously. street. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was a mess. All right. Let's say you're at the back of that line. You've Mm -hmm. got a long way to run just to get to the starting line. You're you're already hired before the race even starts, before you start on your 26.2 miles. Okay? Right. All right. Getting out of debt is not the finish line. It's not the goal. It's getting to the starting line. You haven't really started your race to financial independence a great retirement, passive income, whatever you want to call it, however you define it, you haven't started mm-hmm. that race until you get out of debt. Right. All right, so now, so let's go back to that position. You're at the back of the line. You're running a long way just to get to the starting line. Let's say a race official sees you and Michael, shh, come here. I saw how far you had to run to get here. I'm going to give you a break jump in my car and I will drive you into the race, shorten that race for you. For you, it's only going to be 5.3 miles, not 26.2
1: miles. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we, that, you that would appreciate amazing.
0: that, wouldn't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, It's okay. official, so I guess it's okay.
0: Yeah. So so here, here's how that applies. With, with what I'm helping people with, Once they get to the starting line, they don't stay there. They teleport their way into that race. They shorten that race. Mm. Now, instead of 26-plus miles, it's 5-plus miles because they're going to get – that whole time they were working to get to the starting line, that money was being invested for them the whole way. So they're going to jump, jump into the race, shorten the race, one-fifth of their current pace, okay? say So say you just took out a 30-year mortgage. Mm-hmm. About six years, I'm able to, on average, some's lower, some's higher, I'm able to get someone out of that mortgage paid in full without them digging deeper into their pocket. Shorten that 26 miles to five. Yep. All right? And then... At the end of that race, we're able to use another method that I'm not going to focus on today to, to make sure that they pass on all that they've earned to their kids, to their heirs. Okay. So it
1: completely changes but that. life insurance is a tool. Which Yes. That, 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 that's what we know life insurance for is passing on money. Right, so- right. Uh, and, but
0: but not just when you die for the living benefits of it as well. Right. There's yeah, no, definitely really new here. Uh, uh, yep. processes that you can use. You know, it's they um, they say orange juice is not just for breakfast anymore. Well, life uh-huh. insurance is not just for death anymore. Yes, there are tools that you can use, and, and I'm going beyond now talking about just getting out of debt and investing. There's even living benefits where if you become disabled, if you become mm-hmm. critically ill, chronically ill, it'll pay you now. They won't wait for you to die. You need that money now, right? There there's many different ways that the life insurance industry has changed and has offered additional benefits to people
1: that they frankly do a terrible job of promoting and marketing. Yep. Yeah. And, and a couple of things I mentioned, you know, I, I've worked in the insurance industry, so I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you say whole life insurance, I immediately get like, okay, I see how this can be a vehicle for that if structured the right way. I'm sure plenty of people listening are like, this sounds like financial snake oil shenanigans. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, without getting too much into the theory of, of whole life insurance. Um, like what you're saying definitely makes sense structurally in terms of what life insurance does. And of course, a lot of people for years now have been hearing whole life insurance is a bad investment. You shouldn't do it, which uh-huh. if, it's, if you're going straight death benefit, you know, if if you're just like, I want to take out a policy to protect my family until my kids graduate college, whole life, you know, buying a half million dollar whole life policy is not the vehicle to do correct just that. correct. Um, but, but all people simplify it down to is whole life is a bad investment. Well, it's a bad investment, you know, kind of like a a car loan is a bad way to buy a house. It's it's the (laughs) wrong tool for the job, but it's a, it's a really robust tool for the right reason. If you, you can't just hire some guy off the street or call up Northwest Mutual and be like, I want a whole life policy that, and give it to me. It won't do the thing you want to. You need someone like you who actually, you know, get, gets into, pops the hood and says, I get this stuff. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. Not just, I know how my commission statement works but i know how my products work to engineer them to uh, yeah. to generate results i think it's a, challenge. a lot of people don't have a good financial advisor they got because i i worked for new york life for all of 2 months and i was taught how to sell i wasn't taught how to i wasn't taught how the the instruments work they're like just sell them we'll figure it out later mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that's another one of those problems with the system
0: yeah yeah you're exactly right um in fact michael i i needed additional certification beyond it beyond just my insurance license to Mm -hmm. to learn this process, to be able to to work this process. Most insurance agents don't have any idea. The first Mm -hmm. 29 years of my 30 plus years in the industry, I had no idea until until somebody taught me this. Um, So you can't just, you know, walk into your local agent's office and say, you know, hey, I I, I want that get out of debt thing. They won't know what you're talking about. Mm, yeah. um, it takes someone that knows that the key is the policy structure. That right. The key is not just the fact that it's a whole life policy. There's lots of different types of whole life policies, many of which deserve, you know, the Dave Ramsey fire and brimstone criticism <laughs> of them because yep. they don't add up to any to being significant enough for your overall financial fitness Mm -hmm. but the thing is he stuck in the past where that was the only type of whole life policy that was available and that was known now Mm -hmm. thanks to the different writers that are available thanks to um thanks to over 40 plus years ago nelson nash originally coming up with this approach infinite banking uh, now we know the combination of things where where you put them together, and it creates this wonderful vehicle where people can spend their money multiple times. They can get yep. out of debt and invest with the same dollars at the same time
1: to become their own virtual bank. And, and so, so, what's the entry point? Because I'm assuming this is not something you can do twenty bucks a month. So, what's no. what, what, what's the the sort of starting point where someone can can access this this okay the
0: the direct answer to that question Michael usually around $300 is where you have enough in there to get some traction okay of course the more you put in the faster you get that traction but now what I do is work holistically with my clients Uh, I I mentioned that I could do this without asking people to dig deeper into their pocket. Mm -hmm. And the way I do that is by looking at their debts, at their investments, at their insurance, even on several of their different bills. I have ways that people can save on their uh, cell phone, their Internet, their home security system, um, different things like that to where I can find money. Okay, what are they spending ineffectively, inefficiently, that we can reallocate in a more efficient direction? All right. And so let's let's just pull a number out of the air. Let's say $600 I'm able to find mm-hmm. that they're not spending efficiently. And you ask people, you know, how am I not? You know, are you spending your money inefficiently? And of course they say, oh no, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Well, I, I can usually find something, mm-hmm. A- and and people are always surprised. Wow, I didn't realize that. By reallocating that money into this vehicle, this certificate, now they're, they're taking money they're already spending poorly, spending it more efficiently, and using that to get out of debt and invest. A triple oh, okay. Efficiency, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. eliminate debt, invest, mm-hmm. all at the same time. Um, so, so that's how I normally do it without asking people to dig deeper into their pocket. Um, there's, and if I may, Michael, there's a number of things that entrepreneurs or wantrepreneurs entrepreneurs that are trying to break into business can use because of the flexibility of a product like this okay and and I'll give you an example uh, a dentist used this used it to eliminate his uh, student loans
1: okay for big. his
0: equipment his commercial loans imagine all the money that dentists have wrapped up in their equipment oh and yeah, yeah. loans so <clears throat> he had parents come in he, he uh the kids need braces The local banks in his area were charging between 16 and 18% on loans for the parents to get braces for their kids. And they're like, I can't do it. And, you know, what else could he say? They couldn't afford it. Oh, you know, come back and see me when you can. I mean, what else is the dentist going to say? Yep, yep. But then one day, he's like, hey, wait a second. So I've built my virtual bank, my personal bank through this certificate. Why not take that literally and become like a real bank? Mm. So he'd get these parents back in. Hey, um, I can lend you that money myself. Let's make it just 6 to 8% rather than 16 to 18%. Uh-huh. Parents were delighted. They were sending money, saving money. Kids got the braces they need. He was conserving that business. It wasn't walking out the door anymore. Yep. Plus, he double-win for him, he was creating an additional stream of income. Right now yeah. he is acting like a bank, like his own virtual bank. There's so much flexibility here, so many different business uses that people can use for this that go beyond even just paying off those commercial loans. Mm-hmm. Um, they can truly help to establish uh, um, all the different things they need in their business. Um, J.C. Penney, back during the Great Depression, used cash value life insurance to meet payroll during a, a difficult time. Okay. Stanford University was in financial trouble at one time. They kept their doors open by using cash value life insurance um disneyland walt disney took money out of his cash value life insurance to build disneyland oh yeah yeah there's so many different business applications as well as personal applications that people can use with this approach to progress personally to eliminate those, you know, feelings of being stuck, having that, mm-hmm. you know, two ton gorilla on their back. They can't yeah. make progress and in their business, make progress in their
1: business so much because there's so much flexibility here. Yeah. And, and this, this kind of touched on a couple things that, a couple of themes of, of this show, one of which is the idea that certain people think the economy is rigged and which mm-hmm. it is to a degree if you play yeah. that game. Um, you know, they think it's rigged, but then it's sort of you know going back to my, my whole concept of the guy who knows a guy if people. Are, it's not what you know; it's who you know. Mm-hmm. Dot dot dot. So go meet some people because it's <laughs> yeah. You know, they have this idea of like, well, you're born with this list of contacts, and that's what you got. And you know, if you're dealt the wrong hand, I guess you don't have any contacts. Go meet people. It's um, so the yeah. same thing. Okay, the game the game is rigged. Okay, well, stop playing that way. Ex- exactly. Playing. Exactly. Stop playing the rigged game.
0: The- the game is rigged. It's rigged in the bank's favor, and the government's mm-hmm. favor. So don't play that game. Become the bank yourself. Go from broke to banker. Yep. Take control of that. It's your money. You've got control of it. You have contractually got control of the money in that policy. It is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's just so much truth in in what you just said there. Including, and, and again, I'll repeat, I was in the industry for the, the first 29 years. I had no idea this existed until I was the guy that knew a guy mm-hmm. that taught me this. Yep. And, you know, it changed my life, changed my career, um, changed my finances. Not well, from the standpoint of I sell this, but from the standpoint of I use this.
1: Ah. Yeah. And actually, I'd like to go into a little bit about the story about how you got from, um, you know, from rock bottom to having this, you know, how did you get back into work? How did you, because um, again, you know, for a lot of people who are listening, yeah. who are in a, whether they're rock bottom or just, they never, yeah. they started at rock bottom and they've just been on the bottom the whole time. Yeah. What were some of the, the preliminary steps you took to, yeah. to start climbing back up?
0: Well, after, after that rock bottom moment, I, I started working for a, a local insurance agent, a, a state farm insurance agent. And uh, one very good thing that he did, he required his staff to have the sales license. So mm-hmm. that got, got the, I had had it at one time in the past, but let it lapse. And so
1: now I, I had that. I worked for him for 10 months. And you were t- just doing customer service, right? Not sales. It was
0: customer service with a tiny bit of sales involved. Right, right. And uh, the it was really good for me coming out of that hole that I was in mm-hmm. because it kept me very busy. Didn't pay very well, but it kept me very busy and it got me, you know, it, it got me mentally sharp again. Um. So then, after that, uh, after almost a year working for him, I got into the sales end, and you know, nothing, the the whole extent of sales training was get out there and make cold calls, mm-hmm. which is pretty typical <laughs> in the sales industry. And yep. of course, it doesn't really get you anywhere. Um, the But then, you know, I I learned other things. I started focusing in other areas and started reaching, scaling by, you know, reaching out to people I know to, you know, hey, this guy knows a guy and I can Mm -hmm. expand my personal network. And as a part of that is how I learned this process. And that, of course, has been a big eye opener because now I'm I'm not just Scott Schwartz, life insurance salesman. I'm Scott Schwartz, guy who can teach you how to be your own bank and get you out of debt. That's a bit different.
1: And when you were reaching out to people, what were you reaching out for? Were you looking for potential clients? Are we looking for more so or? for
0: connections?
1: Okay. For for strategic alliances
0: or joint ah, okay. venture partners. Um, the, the worst thing in my mind that you can do is oh, hey, you know, hey, Michael. You want to buy my stuff? I got something to buy that'll help you a lot. No, it's, Michael, how can I help you? Yep, yep. Tell, tell me what you do. Tell me who you're looking for. Mm. And let's see how we might be able to work together. And and it was by exactly that type of conversation that that has brought me here communicating to you and to your audience. Yes. yes. And hopefully it resonates with someone out there and i can help them whether it be as a client or as a connector or as a partner of sorts mm-hmm. by partnering with people rather than being the you know 24 hour solicitor right you you get so much more that way one one of the things in my sales training once upon a time learning insurance sales was the 3 foot rule did you ever Were you ever taught? I've heard of it. I was never I was never taught it, but I've I've heard of it. Three foot rule means if anyone gets within three feet of you, that makes them a prospect and you need to pitch them. How annoying is that if, if every time you happen to get near someone, hey, I sell life insurance, hey, I can help you. Rather than being collaborative. Yep, yeah, yeah. Partnering with someone. You know, be be the first to ask them, so what do you do? What are your challenges? How can yep, I help yep. you? And not always will something come from that and go directly into your bank account. Yep. But a lot of times it does.
1: Yeah. And I, I think what's what's key about this is anyone can do that. Yeah. I mean, whereas some something you're saying, like that sounds familiar. All right, it's in my book. Um, the guy knows <laughs> okay. the guy, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's a. I didn't make up those concepts; I just learned them, and they're kind of you know they're they're intuitive concepts. Like, don't you know, go after people like a predator. Um, go after them collaboratively because yeah. they want they want to be helped. But but you know, as I think, a lot of people who are thinking that, well, I don't have a network, I don't have anywhere to start, I don't have anything to offer. That's a common misconception. Mm-hmm. You know, I I have nothing to offer them. What am I gonna What am I gonna offer? And and you know, you, the people have so much to offer they don't realize one they have their time and their attention. Yes, yeah. just listening to somebody is valuable. Um, you know, you might you, you might know people. Even if you have no quote unquote network, you know somebody, uh, yeah. And and you've got some connection. And I was whenever I'm saying this, to anyone, I'm like, if you are hearing the sound of my voice, you can email Michael at a dot com, and you have access to my network. So nobody hearing the sound of my voice can say they don't have a network. Um, yeah, and, and even you know, the, the time I went to a uh, a chamber event, I knew three people in the room and I introduced the third one I met to the first one. Because mm-hmm. I'd met the previous two. I had something. And it's all about that attitude of I I'm going to find a way to help this person. Not I have this set of things to offer. I'm gonna find a way to help them, whatever it is. You know, I'm I'm gonna be supportive and check in with them next week to see how it went. That's valuable. There's all kinds yeah. of things we can offer. Um, which then lets you have the conversations, would let you which lets you meet. The people who give you that random piece of information that changes your life
0: yeah yeah exactly and that's why what you do is so valuable michael and why this is such a great platform Well, mm-hmm. one thing that uh that i was thinking as you mentioned that there's a, a common expression fake it till you make it uh-huh um it, i think that's 100 false um if you are that guy who who feels like you don't have a network, like you don't know anyone, you don't know what you might sell, you don't have a product. Say so. Yep. Well, there's no reason to fake it till you make it. You mm-hmm. if you're at a chamber event or an online networking, you're you, whatever the setting may be, be honest about it. Hey, you know, I'm I'm looking to develop something but I'm not quite sure what it might be. Yep, yep. Do You have any suggestions? Do you know of someone that was in that position in the past
1: mm-hmm. that I might
0: be able to connect with and pick their brain.
1: Yes. That is, that is so 100%. much
0: more productive than trying to pretend you're someone you're not yep. because people yep. will find yep. that out eventually anyway.
1: Yeah. I, I've, I've tried both of those over the past year because um, <laughs> at a certain point I, I was having a challenge and I had people tell me like, Oh, oh don't, don't reveal that you're, you know, you have, Alternative revenue streams driving Uber. Uh, You know, don't let people know that because nobody wants to work with someone who's failing. Um, And I had to realize I'm not failing. I'm figuring it out. You know, it's like Edison, who didn't fail to discover the light bulb nine thousand times. He discovered Mm -hmm. nine thousand things that don't work, so he wouldn't do them again. And and more than that, I discovered I have successfully discovered a number of ways to make income without having to work a quote unquote job. So that's pretty valuable to a lot of people. And Very once nice I started fun. being honest, just like you're saying, I went to uh, this fantastic event called Strategic Alliance Live, which mm-hmm. for those who are on my email list, pay attention, because I'm going to make sure you all come when it comes around again, because it's an amazing <laughs> event. That's um, where we met. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I got to meet you know all these, these amazing people, including uh, you, Scott, and so many of them. In fact, many of them are going to be on the podcast. And so many of them I've gotten to have conversations with um, where they've given me 20, 30, 60 minutes of their time free giving advice. You know, these people charge $2,000 an hour for their coaching who I'm honest. I'm like, here's my situation. I'm kind of not sure how to package this. I'm not sure how to do that. And they're just like, well, you should do this and that, and here's what worked for me and this and the other thing. And, and suddenly, you know, I've probably gotten, I don't know, $30,000 of free coaching, just by being open to it mm-hmm. and and not even you know not even using phil's strategy phil palucha who's you know amazing podcaster billionaires and boxers if you haven't listened to that uh, you definitely should but you know his strategy is you can use a podcast to get a conversation with people who might not otherwise give you the time of day but there are people willing to private conversations with me they get nothing out of it other than maybe i'll introduce them to someone maybe they get. but you know how, how much can i really deliver to them i don't know um But they don't even think about that they're just there Mm -hmm. to say how can i help what can i give and of course you see the results of they are very successful so it's obviously it's obviously working it's obviously a great strategy and it's even better strategy when when you're starting from the beginning and you want to you know make those connections those initial alliances
0: yeah it's law of reciprocity if you you give first it'll come back around and, Mm -hmm. and it might you might have discouraging moments where it seems like you're giving more than you're getting, but hang in there. Keep at it. Yep. It'll absolutely. Happen.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, and it just feels better too. Cause I've, I've done the cold call sales I've done. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I used to work for a magazine where my job was basically see every business within a 20 mile radius as a target. Uh, and every time I walked into a store, I was thinking, can I sell them? Because I needed, you know, it was one out of 50 to one out of a hundred was the right business. So I couldn't afford to miss one. So everyone I'm looking, I see a truck. I got to write down the phone number and uh, I meet someone. I got got to be thinking, okay, could they be, and it was, it felt predatory. It felt dirty. Uh, And, and, and now my attitude is, is not, can this person be a client? Uh, It's, it's how can I help them? And I think about how I can help people. And if I help them enough, they might say, Hey, can I get more of that help on a regular basis? Uh, You know, so I, I do the same thing. All the people help me do. I give them, I share my advice freely. I share my network freely and then some people say, Hey, can we do this more formally? Cause you know, free advice is is as effective as it costs um, because you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have the follow up, it doesn't have the accountability, all those things. But yeah, you know, my time costs money, but so then people will say, Hey, can we do more of this? Yeah. You know, what's that going to mm-hmm. cost if we could meet every week? What would it cost to, to, for you to help me with this specific thing? What would it cost to, because people are totally willing, willing to pay for value. Uh, and it's, and I decided months ago. I said, you know, if I have to drive Uber the rest of my life, but I get to have these conversations, to help people, it's a good life, and I'm okay with that. And once I got comfortable with that idea, because all I'm doing is helping people, and yeah, that that whole predatory nature of it is totally gone, and that's that's completely changes the way it, the, the way the interaction happens.
0: Absolutely, and it's just so much. It's so much more fun and so much more effective to. To just have conversations. Be, yes. be a collaborator, not a solicitor. Mm-hmm. Be a giver, not a getter. People can smell desperation. They can mm-hmm. smell it coming as soon as you walk in the room. And uh, if yes. that's how you're approaching people, I wanna sell you my stuff. It, it's such a turnoff that they're, they're, say, they're saying no and trying to figure out how they can get rid of you before you even articulated what you have to offer them.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That is completely true. Um, well, speaking of time and the generous sharing of it, we are approaching <laughs> the end of ours. I was like to keep Someone once told me that uh, that when she looks at the podcast, if it's over an hour. She's like, no, I don't have time for that. So I'll just kind of keep it under 50 minutes to yeah. not scare those folks off. But this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, yes. So, Scott, how can people get in touch with you uh, if they are interested in either strategic alliances or um, learning more about this, how you have, have hacked the system?
0: Go to never too much money.com. That's never too is spelled out. T O O never too much right. I'm on LinkedIn. You can, all my uh, social media outlets are, are connected there. My phone number, my email address. So
1: that's my little hub. Never too much money.com. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I love the concept. Uh, and, and, you know, we didn't really go too much into the detail, but for anyone who is listening who trusts me, um, <laughs> everything he said checks out based on my knowledge of insurance, because uh, that's always thing I'm checking, me, like, where's this money come from? How does it work? In the back end, it all does make sense to me. If you don't trust me, then, you know, my word means nothing, um, but it, it it passes my sniff test. Um, so if that sounds like something interesting to you, definitely reach out to him at Um I think he can do a lot for you and- I actually might follow up with you afterwards because it sounds pretty interesting to me as well. So, I'd be glad to, Michael. Thank you thank you
0: for the good word. I appreciate that. Yes, you know, everything everything
1: is, is ready to go. I'm ready to help. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, you have a great day. Thank you, Michael, and thank you to everyone who's listened. I appreciate it. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation podcast.